So back in 2020, I, Steven Schinder, started a podcast called Delayed Replay, recapping and reviewing the latest films. However, it got broadcast into an alternate universe, where those films got delayed and came out differently from how I was describing them. Because of how me and my guests had been describing the films, people in that other universe were saying that this was all an improvised comedy podcast, which, listening back, I can totally get why they believe that. A lot of weird stuff happened in that first year, and I even met my other self from that other universe, who pops in from time to time, for better or worse. And now, in the year 2023, this podcast continues, still recapping and reviewing movies and sometimes some other things that got delayed or cancelled in that other universe. New episode Saturdays, every other week, unless I decide otherwise for some special reason, or whatever. You are listening to Delayed Replay, Season 4. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we recap and review movies that got delayed in that other universe but came out on time in our universe. I'm your host, as always, Steven Schinder, and on this episode, we're doing one that came out uh, kind of a while ago for us. It came out, like, August 13th, 2021, uh, so, like, on Friday the 13th, and about a decade after its predecessor, uh, the sixth Final Destination movie, titled Final Destination 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as you might be able to guess from that, uh, returning to this podcast for this episode, it is Greg. Uh, what'd you eat that prompted that? I had some chicken nuggets. Oh, nice. From where? Just some, just some store-bought nuggets. Okay. I went in the oven. So, just to start off, um, well, before I forget, I actually do have a like a bit of feedback from from a listener slash friend of the show you so, have one of those <laughs> wow <laughs> yes you decide which one it is <laughs> right um so uh, i'm just opening that up and um it's actually about shazam theory of the gods so yeah, I haven't decided if I'll put this at the beginning of the episode or put it at the end but i'll put timestamps like Either way, so just look at the show notes and see. Well, I've seen it now, so it's okay. Where everything is. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw the version in that other universe, as did I, because it came out recently. Um, this comes from Enrico Di Versace. Uh, he says, Hello, Steven. I just got done listening to your Shazam Fury of the Gods episode since I just saw the sequel a week or two ago. Um, and, and this message came in like a few weeks ago, but you know. Uh, I meant to read this for the previous episode, but then I was, like, in a rush, and so, yeah, so, sorry for the delayed reply. Um, but getting back to the message... It'd be, it's a, yeah, it's a delay. <laughs> yeah, delayed reply. Um, but getting back to the message, uh, he says, I actually enjoyed the film from this universe, oddly enough, but I enjoyed some of your additions from that other universe, uh, LOL. So he liked the version from our universe that came out last year. Uh, he said, like 
that whole mention of Billy finding out that his powers were stolen by the Greek gods and him being mad at the wizard, that's just something they gloss over uh, in the movie, like I guess his version of the movie over in that other universe. Um, and I really think it would have been a great scene. We have some serious scenes in this film already with the villains and whatever, but this would maybe change some people's opinion about the film. I also like how uh, your version had the flashback to Henry Cavill eating with the Shazam family. <laughs> that even made me think of a funny scene that could have happened in the flashback where Cavill like took a bite of a burger and then spit it out in a napkin because it either was mystery meat or because Cavill's maybe a vegetarian since Kent grew up on a farm. And then he says something like, the things I do for fans. You know, something stupid to add to this lighthearted movie. And then when he guys said Black Adam was watching Shazam on the news, I got this idea of maybe him then calling up Superman saying he got a tip on Shazam like something he and the family did, and then it just quickly fades to black. Then I thought about WB just copying Spider-Man No Way Home for Black Adam versus Superman and Shazam, where Billy's secret identity is exposed, and the movie opens up with Superman just fighting Shazam, only to find out from investigative journalism with Lois that Adam framed him. Like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but it sounds interesting to me. Let me know what you think. Without further delay, have a good day. I think that is an interesting idea, but the comparisons to No Way Home would have been unavoidable for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for writing in, Enrico. Um, what do you think of all that, Greg? Like the message or Shazam, Fury of the Gods? Um, yeah, when you mentioned that Henry Cavill was having dinner at, with like Shazam's family, all I could think of was Fast and Furious when they were just having dinner together after every single damn movie. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Version uh, from that other universe uh, of Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And they do mention like Fast and Furious and family and... Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about family then all the time yeah I, I think you disliked that version more more than i did i thought it was middle of the road but i think we both agreed that it felt like a really long skittles commercial right it was oh my god <laughs> taste the rainbow <laughs> yeah oh my god, I, that hurt listening to that <laughs> yeah and, and like that mr mind post credit scene felt like something that would be a scene here in the delayed replay universe so it's kind of bizarre I forgot everyone's name from the first movie, to be honest. Like, when the, when the film started, I was like, oh, they're in a foster home. I did, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the thing that was a huge part of their background. <laughs> I mean, how old is Shazam? I mean, Shazam's like... What, the character? Or like, so. like the property or the character? It's 29. Nah, that was too, too long ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I feel like the the gap uh, between films uh, in that other universe didn't help the film. Because, um, well, I mean, the first one was definitely better over in that universe. But I think the longer wait definitely contributed to people not caring as much. And also just the changes to DC with James Gunn and whatnot over there. So... 
I mean, just wait yeah. for Aquaman 2 to do even worse. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, the first one came out even earlier, didn't it? Yeah, it's it'll be like a five-year gap between Aquaman movies. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, uh, we appreciate, like, any feedback, any messages, and people can do that through the social media or through email uh, delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com um, and yeah let us know your thoughts on your favorite destinations or something I don't know um, but yeah get, so getting back to the topic at hand what's your history with the Final Destination movies like how'd you get into them um, well I grew up on them pretty much like the same way that I found Saw. I was like, oh, there's these very gory films that you got to watch as a child. <laughs> you either choose Saw or Final Destination, I feel. Like for the gory ones, because they came out... Well, Final Destination came out later, but... I mean, they're still around the same same era of film. No, yeah, the first Final Destination came out 2000, and the first Saw came out 2004, so... Oh, it's like another way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, w- what's weird about the first Final Destination movie is it feels like it's very much part of that era of Scream. I know what you did last summer. Uh, yeah. The faculty, like, those all look and feel like they're part of that era whereas when you get to saw one it feels like a totally different era somehow it's all green <laughs> so it's like a shrek's basement that's what that's what the first film is right i think part of it is also that saw uh, unlike those other films didn't rely on a young cast so maybe that's part of it but yeah but yeah what were your overall thoughts and impressions on the first film and the sequels for Final Destination. They had like really creative deaths out of like most franchise, like horror franchises. Like, yeah, between Saw and Final Destination, they're really pushing, like, oh, how can you kill someone in a spectacular fashion? Like, even, like, I know, like, Halloween and Friday the 13th, they didn't really have, like, really interesting deaths it was just like oh look he got stabbed or oh look he's on a pole so like not nothing really you say like like a somebody's getting sucked through a swimming pool <laughs> <laughs> yeah like slasher movies well, as as much as some of them can be enjoyable to horror fans they do get form formulaic after a certain point it's like how can you really reinvent any of this whereas you make a good point that final destination and saw especially the saw sequels try to get creative with the deaths and make it more of a spectacle like for better or worse i I feel like with the final destination movies the the deaths sometimes come across being really funny to me (laughs) even when i'm not sure if that's intended what like Uh, the where the stone is sticked out of face <laughs> right or um in the first one when when stifler gets beheaded by the railroad tracks or something oh yeah yeah like it just felt very cartoony whereas it's not very uh, serious I, yeah 
I, I feel like the fifth one did get more serious. It, it kind of had a change in tone. And like, I think the fifth one is definitely my favorite follow up to the original. Like, I, I put the original and number five at like seven out of 10. And I think I put two and three at six and four out of five out of 10. Uh, like the fourth one, the final destination, I thought was pretty bad. <laughs> it was like relying on like the 3D and stuff, right? Yeah, I remember it ended at a movie theater. And it was like, oh, they're making the gimmick part of the thing. That's kind of stupid. But um, Oh, when it all exploded. Yeah. I think my first experience with any Final Destination was... Um, I was probably like 10 or younger. Like maybe even 8 or 9. And like my cousins were watching the second movie. And I just vaguely remembered seeing like the barbecue scene at the very end and it's that was like my first oh yeah with the headlines on the barbecue yeah that was like my first <laughs> glimpse into the franchise and i didn't watch them all until like a year and a half ago or whenever it was um because they were on hbo max the fifth one i really wish i had not looked up anything about it before watching because honestly yeah yeah, because I, I accidentally spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally, like, if people, if you haven't watched the fifth one and you're listening to this, pause it, watch all the movies and the fifth one, and then, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was not expecting it to, well, so because I spoiled it for myself, I knew going in that it was a prequel to the first one. And so I was like, oh, damn, I wish I hadn't read that. And then what, but when it gets to the end, it's like amazing how they incorporate archive footage from the first movie and make it so that the ending scene is like the beginning of the first movie's first um, disaster. And it's all super sad because you have the Kansas song Dust in the Wind. It's like, wow, what a way to go. I mean, it's not like they tried to make a little of the 90s either. Why you don't really think about it? It looked ambiguous. I don't remember them using any cell phones, at least not any that looked modern. Like, I, I feel like it does the thing that one of the other Saw sequels tried. Like, try to make it, like, not include any clues of when it's said so that it's, like, a surprise when it happens. But What, Jigsaw? Yeah, yeah Jigsaw. Sorry for spoiling Jigsaw. Yeah, spo spoiler <laughs> for Jigsaw uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'll put timestamps for anyone who doesn't want things spoiled. Um, yeah, I had Jigsaw spoiled before I saw it. Oh, like, damn, so that sucks. <laughs> I had someone saying that, um, like, who the killer was. But I was like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> damn. Yeah, Jigsaw, I I've probably told you this before, but... I saw it at the cinema when I was in Brighton um, over yeah. five years ago, at, like five and a half years ago now. And as I was watching it and it looked like they undid something and were going supernatural or whatever, I, I was ready to walk out of the theater because it, it felt like it, the movie wasn't grounded anymore. But I stayed at, for the ending and it just made everything like way better. It was one of the most unique movie going experiences I ever had. It kept you thinking the entire time. Yeah. It's like, wait, what is actually happening? But then you get um 
the book of saw you know jesus what the hell happened spiral (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then the one we talked about uh after that saw x marks a spot (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so here we get to final destination 1998 uh this time they're not hiding when the film is set so what do you think of that particular strategy well at least no one can spoil something about the movie like if it like obviously at the end of this movie it ties into final destination 5 so you know what you're gonna get into yeah and this one was written by patrick melton and marcus dunstan who've actually worked on some of the saw sequels so yeah, our discussion on the Saw movies is pretty relevant to this. <laughs> um, but what's unique about this one is, so this is about like first responders and also people who survived thanks to first responders. So for anyone unfamiliar, like first responders are like EMTs, firemen, police, pet paramedics, that type of thing. They really set the tone by opening up with this accident that's happened like there's uh there's a car collision at a crosswalk and so they're uh these uh first responders are arriving on the scene and trying to save the people even though uh there's like a premonition that like these people might die as a result of this so uh, when they survive, it's like, oh, what's going to happen now? So what do you think of the, that sort of opening? I feel they definitely could have done something else because we've had the car pile up before in the destination. So it feels like they're trying to do it again. It's like, why? But yeah, it, it, was, does... it was more the lead up to it that was more interesting than, than the previous films. He like, spent more time with the first responders instead of the people who were going to die. Right, yeah, because we do see the first responders kind of, you know, they're, like, having lunch with each other and hanging out, and then they get the call about, like, the emergency. So I guess it's trying to get us to care about them before we see all this stuff going on. But, um, yeah, the car-related stuff, it does feel like, they're basically trying to remind us that, hey, this is the Final Destination franchise, just so you know what movie series this is. Like, it's still the same series type thing. Yeah. One of these uh, paramedics is played by Bruce Campbell, you know, from the Evil Dead movies himself. And he talks about how he's, like, been working there for many years and he's close to retirement. And so... When he said that, I'm like, oh, he's probably going to die at some point, isn't he? Like, once they mentioned they're close to retirement, like, something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an absolute Chekhov's gun, that one. <laughs> yeah. One of these people that they save from this car accident is played by Taika Waititi. He, he's really getting around, like, having these movie roles, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, let's say, interesting and uh that was that movie don't have ron reynolds any stupid one <laughs> um 
Oh, free guy. Yeah, he was in that. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and of course, he's Korg in the Thor movies and directed a couple of, of those. He plays the guy, uh, the kid's dad in. Um... I'm not sure, but I just remembered he was in the Suicide Squad as well, I think. Yeah, right? it was Rat, rat Catcher's rat, Dad. Yeah, so... Rat Catcher's Dad. <laughs> That's the key title. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the daughter was like Ratcatcher 2 or something. Yeah. Um, but he was in Boy as Dad. Oh, that <laughs> one. Like, yeah, that's right. That movie. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, that that was an interesting one. Um, but it is kind of weird that he isn't as comedic in this movie. Yeah, he's rather serious and... Like, like it's kind of hard for me to take him seriously because, like, it's, you know, it, it's his face. I recognize it. And, um, yeah, but he, he, he very much is trying to be serious here. And it's like, oh, no, I'm going to die. And then when he doesn't die, he's sort of, like, uh, reflecting and being like, how should I live my life to the fullest now that I've been given a second chance type thing? It's like the complete opposite of every Final Destination movie. Right. Because but, um, most of them are like, ah, oh, I can't do anything dangerous because I might die. And Taika Titi is just like, oh yeah, let's do all these crazy things together because who knows when it could be our last day together. He gets his friends and it's like, let's go parasailing and let's go bungee jumping and we see like this montage of like all these different uh, daring stunts. There's, and there's so many close calls as well during those. Yeah. <laughs> like during the bungee jumping one, he almost hits his head on like the bottom of a bridge. And during the parasailing, he almost flies too close to a. He almost gets too close to um, a helicopter that's sort of flying low and whatnot <laughs> and they they even put like a a sort of upbeat rock song during this i, I can't remember what it was but it was um the war pigs what was the song's called yeah war pigs that's what it was <laughs> yeah by black sabbath yeah <laughs> yeah that was quite a throwback <laughs> um but yeah th this is like sort of playing with the audience's expectations and he's like kind of getting popular because of like all these things he's doing and we get back to like the first responders look well, apparently in this town all the first responders are friends with each other and they hang out at a bar together which is kind of weird but um at least at least the characters we follow but yeah they're sort of like shaking their heads and be like why is he doing all these like death defying stunts after barely surviving we, we sort of get to know these first responders a bit better like we have Florence Pugh who plays um like her occupation is as a police officer and we also have Vin Diesel as a firefighter. So 
Uh, I, I don't know. What did you think of Vin Diesel's acting here? Was it sort of the same as always, or what? Yeah, it was very wooden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like Groot himself. <laughs> My God, he he was channeling his inner John Cena when he was a fireman in that one movie, which you probably haven't seen. Oh, because it's John Cena. Well, he was and, he was in the movie as a fireman. And, and you, you can't him. you can't see him. <laughs> mm, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can never never see him. He was in the playing with fire. Don't know if you've seen that movie. No, I haven't. This is my first time hearing about it. Oh, it's got like uh, Keegan Keegan Key, John Leguizamo. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the cast list now. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key. Oh, Tyra Main is in this as well. It's, it's it's interesting. Good, interesting or bad, interesting. It's John Cena movie. I'll I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it, it just felt like it was channeling John Cena. Yeah, throwback to when John Cena was in the Fred movies as Fred's dad. Oh, I thought you were gonna say throwback to when he was in the final. The Fast and Furious movies. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean that would have been too obvious, but yeah, <laughs> that that happened too. My God. <laughs> but, How does um, someone YouTube do that? I have no idea. And you also have like Jeff Goldblum as the bartender, and it's like, wow, how are how are they getting all of these actors in this movie? Marlon Brando also hangs out at this bar, um, but it's like. You know, since Marlon Brando has obviously passed away, like, almost 20 years ago now, they, like, I guess got permission to CGI him into this movie. Um, what'd you think of his cameo here? It was horrific. <laughs> like, he was just, like, drinking so much alcohol. You were like, oh my god, they really did bring him back. <laughs> That like he was just like reminiscing about his time with the Godfather. He was like, "Did you see me in the Godfather? I was so good in that movie." <laughs> yeah, and he's talking about like his new movie that was about to come out at the time, Free Money. Um, like apparently he has a role in that. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think of this? Because they sort of did this in Rogue One, but what do you think of this whole idea of bringing actors back as in the form of CGI if it's like a really well-known actor? It depends on like the scenario. Like I enjoyed the Rogue One bits because I mean you're not trying to cast too far back. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, you have a guy who's dead, but he's still relatively old, so you just make someone look old. But when you have someone like Luke Skywalker, you might as well just cast someone if you're going to keep using him. Right. Yeah, with Luke Skywalker, I don't think that CGI is going to age well at all. Like, like I looked at... Deepfake. Yeah, like I looked at a picture of it recently, and I'm like, mm, that still looks off. So, Tarkin looks so good. Yeah, Tarkin looked great. Um, but it's something I don't want them, 
or the movie industry in general to rely on too much. Just he cost it. <laughs> yeah, just have someone else play Marlon Brando. <laughs> um, well, like I, I told you about this um, recently off air, but with Young Rock, they did such a good job casting a younger version oh of God. The Rock that I kept forgetting. Like when, when he was filming the cameos for that 70s show and Star Trek Voyager, I kept forgetting that it was a different actor and not Dwayne Johnson himself. But that kind of happens when you have the person who they're trying to act as choose who gets to play them. <laughs> yeah, like they got someone who looks like him, but he probably gave that actor some pointers as well. Like and... he's even in Black Adam as his child. <laughs> Not as his child, as his brother, I think. Okay. What was it? Have you, do you remember that scene in Black Adam? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, he got he got him to cast himself as like his younger self or something. Again, in another in another movie. Right. Yeah. It's like he's just living in this shadow. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the risk that people run. Is like if you're well known for playing a younger version of um, a character, then will you always be playing a younger version of that actor in some other movies? It's kind of like um, when people would joke that James McAvoy should play a younger Captain Picard because he played a younger Professor X. Um, today's actually James McAvoy's birthday as we're recording, which is why it came so handy in my head. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. Or like when... Um, when Anthony Ingruber played a younger version of Harrison Ford in this movie called Age of Adeline, people kept saying he should play him in Solo, but they went with... Um, Aiden was great, though. Yeah, like, I don't know why everyone's so annoyed at him. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich did a great job, in my opinion. Um, and so did um, Donald Glover. Not Do Donald Glover? Yeah, Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of which Glover it is. Yeah. I don't want to do the one from Saw. <laughs> Danny Glover. Oh, that's it, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Always get them mixed up. Yeah, remember in the Saw movies in our universe when where they made Donald Glover Danny Glover's son? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was amazing. Yeah, but yeah, my fan theory is that Lando Calrissian is a clone like George Lucas originally intended. <laughs> And the proof is that he has a beard in Solo, a Star Wars story. And in the other movies, he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> Definitive proof. <laughs> yeah, that, that is unrefutable. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want the movie industry to rely too much on bringing people back from the dead as CGI or even using living people as... CGI like yeah it could be a case-by-case -case basis maybe for like a cameo but like there's that idea of doing a whole movie starring a CGI James Dean where it's like all about really? yeah like I remember hearing about this I don't remember if it became a thing but I'm just like looking it up seeing I mean they basically it's... brought Elvis back to life to Elvis I mean, Austin Butler did so well in that movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess he did fine. Like that that movie like isn't really for me, but um okay, yeah, so I just googled it and there's something that says James Dean reborn in CGI for Vietnam War action drama. Yeah, this is a few years ago. You know ago. who should just play James Dean? Well, Finding Jack. Who? If you if you saw my let me just shamelessly plug my letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Follow me on Letterboxd, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or Letterboxd, as the creator calls it, apparently. Does he actually? Yeah, I think so. My friend Dylan told me that, on, and I just never checked it. I hope not. But <laughs> if you look at my review for Rebel Without a Cause, I said that um, I didn't realize Bicho Del Toro was this old. Because James Dean looks just like him. So you should just have James Dean be played by Bicho Del Toro. And it would be pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Or not? Um, I can... Well, I need to look up, like, Benicio Del Toro Young. Uh, kind of like the same, like, face. Yeah, they have a similar facial structure. I think. Yeah, he could kind of do it. I think the skin tones might be kind of different. I don't know. I, I'm not super used I've, to I've seeing Burt Reynolds being... I've Burt Reynolds being played by um, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I can't be the only one that sees that as well. <laughs> I mean, everyone loves Pedro Pascal, so why not, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what isn't he in? He's definitely in because he may be in the Mandalorian, but do you ever see his face? No. He gets paid to do voiceover. Yeah, how dare he? <laughs> he's not even on set. Nobody knows where he is. <laughs> is he safe? Is he okay? Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> just doing The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, we have Bella Ramsey from The Last of Us in this Final Destination movie as, like, one of the survivors who gets saved from a fire. So, like, she gets saved, and, but she also gets, like, a premonition of, like, oh, she was supposed to die in that fire, but then got saved. And so now she's, like, getting very paranoid. So it, it's kind of, with her, it's more like what we expect from the Final Destination formula, I guess you could say. Yeah, but we never see it from her perspective. So, like, we never see her crash or whatever, like we do in the other films. Yeah, we sort of get like secondhand um, first responders here, secondhand from like the news, like what happened to her, w which is really annoying. It reminded me of the beginning of Final Destination 2, where they mention like the original character protagonist, um, you know, Devin Sawa's character dying off screen. And uh, I, I really hate when when horror sequels do that, like kill the main character off off screen in the sequel or like at the beginning so it kind of reminded me of that except we weren't as invested with her here because we didn't spend a much as much time with her if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes sense and then there's this bit where the first responders are like feeling really tired from all the work that they have to do and so a few of them are like you know what, why don't we take the day off tomorrow? 
Um, and so they do that. And then uh, during their day off, like some first responders die during like these accidents. Like there's like a bus crash and there's also like this uh, building that collapses uh, from a fire. I think it was a Wendy's actually. Like there was a, a, <laughs> a fire that like engulfed. Yeah, that was a weird way to like advertise Wendy's. And also... I mean, it's less shameless than the Skittles advert. Yeah. <laughs> and also there's like um, some convict that like breaks out and attacks some police officers so like all this stuff like during their day off like some other first responders die and they're like oh dang we could have died if we didn't skip work that day <laughs> um so now as a result they're getting paranoid and wondering like if they're gonna die next which i don't know what'd you think of this little twist here so many people are just gonna die soon that's what, like, you have the first responders and the people from the car crash. It's like, how many deaths are they going to fit into this movie? It's like, they've been waiting so long since Final Destination 5. They were like, oh my god, people are going to be so happy with how many deaths they're going to see on screen. It's like Terrifier 2 all over again. Yeah. There's kind of this similar problem with Saw X when we talked about where there are like so many characters and so many different deaths and it's like maybe this isn't quite on that scale but yeah it kind of felt like there was a lot to keep track of in this one. Yeah because you have basically two plots going at once. Obviously you have like the families of the the car crash trying to go through their lives trying not to or it's not like they know what's happening because they just go along with their day but obviously we, the viewer, know something's up but they don't so like, oh, what's going to happen here? oh, then they get run over again I know what's going to happen and obviously get the first responders who, I don't know how they would think something might be happening to them because it's not like they had some inkling, like oh no, death is coming for us, like as in the first movie. It's like not like there's like some demon haunting them. So it's not insidious. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like they're trying to make it more grounded in this one by, well, like it feels like they're more guilty than thinking that there's an actual death entity. Like even though we, the viewers, know that that's what's happening because it's a Final Destination movie. Um, these first responders probably feel guilty that they weren't there that day that they skipped work and pretended to be sick or whatever. And, um, lots of people in their field of work died when they survived. Cause like they skipped work. It, it kind of feels like they're trying to make this a message of like, if you have an important job like this, like don't, mess around like you have a duty to do type of thing that feels very uh topical at the moment especially in england do you know what's happening uh no i don't actually um basically nhs nurses and stuff are striking all the time and ambulance drivers are all striking so basically they have to bring in like the army to do stuff 
because there's no one driving ambulances, there's no one in like ER. It's, it's like, what the hell's going on? It's like they're trying to get more pay, but then obviously, it's like, yes, you could strike, but you know, people's lives are at risk. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I guess this movie was a premonition of that. <laughs> what, 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I do hope all that stuff gets sorted out. Like, because if there aren't enough people doing that stuff, it's, I mean, that would be, like, a less safe world, you know, so. Yeah, people are waiting for, like, I heard, like, waiting, like, two days for, like, an ambulance or something. Oh, dang. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insane. Dang, that's, that's nuts. Because, like, I'm used to the idea of an ambulance being able to arrive, like, right away. So, yeah, that's, yeah, p- people need to get together. So these first responders in the movie are, like, really on edge. And they're, like, hanging out, like, near this fair and there's like this ferris wheel but because it is slightly breezy and i guess like the bolts aren't like as firm in the wheel like the ferris wheel just like comes rolling out and it's like coming to get them (laughs) yeah there's bolts like falling off and bonking on people's heads it's kind of (laughs) hilarious But then they get like the things are falling on their heads. Everyone's yeah. trying to run around trying to escape from it. <laughs> yeah. There there's like someone who um is like trying to win like a giant stuffed teddy bear and finally gets the bullseye or whatever and is like super happy, but then the wheel crushes him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he wasn't even someone from the car crash. He was just like more people are dying. It's like they're really taking some casualties in this movie. Yeah, man, what's with horror sequels these days and Ferris wheels? I swear. <laughs> Remember in like Saw X, the people climbing to the different things on the Ferris wheel to try to kill each other. That that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was. It wasn't some of the best plot in the movie. <laughs> Um, also at some point in the movie, Taika Waititi's character is like jet skiing and then a shark comes up and just eats him. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for the sharknado. <laughs> yeah, you, you really hate those movies, right? I mean, I've only seen two or three of them. So I have to watch the rest. Yeah, I think it's inevitable that I'll eventually watch them. Um, I mean, I watched watched The Birds, and that was... Oh my god, if I like Birdemic more than The Birds, but Alfred Hitchcock no less, oh my god. Some of the scenes in that movie honestly made me think of the Birdemic scenes. Like, some of them were such bad CGI. Yeah, the... (laughs) In the birds, like, it's been so long since I've seen the birds, but when I think about the movie, the only, what I think about is the effects of how the birds look when they're attacking the car or whatever, and it looks so bad. Yeah, um, the pandemic did it better. 
Yeah, I've never seen Birdemic, so I'll have to take your word for it for now, I guess. I haven't seen but, but um, <laughs> but yeah, my friend Greg, um, the other Greg, <laughs> he says that um, he he's he's enjoyed um watching the Sharknado movies while like ordering a pizza to watch them like when they first aired, I guess. So I don't know. Years ago. Yeah, it would have been a while ago, I guess. 2013. Okay, it's not too long ago, but my god, that feels like ages ago now. Yeah, like, damn, 2013 was 10 years ago. That's scary. Wait, there's a spin off movie? Shocknado Heart of Sharkness? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Sharknado's 10th anniversary is on July 11th. Um, so maybe that's when I'll finally watch damn Sharknado movies. <laughs> I mean, I am down to watch them. Maybe we can watch them together. It can be okay. bros and watch Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, be Sharknado bros. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Yeah, Sharknade bros. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a movie happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's two sharks that are roommates. Um, <laughs> oh my god, they're roommates. But yeah, Taika is, like, dead now. Um, I guess they couldn't have him on set the whole time. Um, kind of like Pedro yeah. Pascal. But, um, yeah, too busy directing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's, like, some other uh, survivor of one of these other incidents. Um, so she's played by Zendaya here and running a marathon. And then something happens that, like, gets to her. Like, do you remember what the thing that happens to Zendaya's character is? She gets mauled by a bear. <laughs> Yeah, she's, like, running a marathon and then tries taking a shortcut and then gets mauled by a bear. <laughs> but it's, like, in a city, so it felt really weird. Yeah. Like, it felt really out of place, because, like, this city doesn't feel like it's next to a forest, and then all of a sudden it is. It kind of felt like this was, like, in some parody-type movie. It's a bit like Narnia. Just opens uh, a wardrobe and enters a bear. Yeah, you meet James McAvoy as a fawn, yeah. And then that woman as a witch. The Snow Queen, Ice Queen, White yeah. Queen. Yeah, Tilda Swinton. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so the first responders are, like, really paranoid about all these deaths that are happening. So they try to take a trip to relax, um... Well, not really a trip, more like a relaxation session. So they take a pottery class and Bruce Campbell like is trying to mold something out of clay, but then he, his hands somehow turn it into a really sharp needle sword looking thing and it just impales him in the head and kills him. So were you at all surprised by that? I was very surprised. I don't know how he fell on it. That makes no sense. But then the laugh track kind of, like, made it, like, oh, okay, it's funny. Yeah, it was weird that they threw a laugh track in that moment. 
And then there's like the the kiln, the thing that fires up the clay. Like that started to overheat and it caused an explosion in the room. So um it also killed Vin Diesel's character in that moment, which I guess we're going for irony because like he's like a firefighter and whatnot. Yeah, it was a real trial by fire that day. Yeah. <laughs> he was busy like holding Bella Ramsey's hands whilst doing the pottery. Don't know how they knew each other. Yeah, the, this was before um, the surviving first responders after this hear about Bella Ramsey's death. And so, like, the surviving ones at this moment are played by uh, Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld. You know, they're, they're two. Florence is a police officer. <laughs> Haley is either an EMT or a paramedic. I can't remember, but really trying to avoid being killed. So what what do you think of, like, the other deaths that happen in this movie before we get to the end? Well, Jeff Goldblum was serving unfastest um, people and like one of them fell off the edge of of the uh, the counter but like it landed on someone's foot and then they got really scared so they kicked the glass the glass shot up into the air the the bar the fan the ceiling fan so the ceiling fan hit the glass the glass flew through the air and then it bonked him on the head and then he just had like shards of glass sticking out of his face yeah it was they were <laughs> yeah they did the thing where it's like a domino effect um which is weird because like after that happened like a domino's pizza guy came into the bar and was like whoa what happened here <laughs> i guess shit the fan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also get a cameo from Pierce Brosnan in this bar and he's talking about like being James Bond now and doing like Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever the hell it's called. But, like no one knows who he is cuz it's America. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like I played James Bond. It's like who? Bond, James Bond. Yeah, no, what, I don't what know you yeah, what'd you think of the CGI they used for him here, for his face? Oh my god, look he looks so shiny. <laughs> I don't know why, he's just, he just shone bright like a diamond. Yeah, like that one song. Yes, by Rihanna. Oh my god, I watched a movie with Rihanna in it the other day. I watched Battleship. <laughs> oh my gosh, that movie she sucked. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I watched it for the first time. Yeah, she was... Uh... Interesting. Definitely uh, brought that film down a bit. Well, lots of things brought that film down. Let's be real. Like a lot. It was sank. not a battleship movie. Yeah, it <laughs> it wasn't a battleship movie, but it was a ship that sank. Um, yeah, my nickname for that movie is Chicken Burrito because of how many times they say it in the movie. Chicken, but, I don't think I ever heard them say that. Well, it's like in the beginning when um that one guy is trying to impress the woman and so he gets her a chicken burrito oh yeah he tries to steal the burrito and it like destroys the whole place and 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 then later on it turns out that her dad also loves chicken burritos 
Oh yeah, but her dad is out to be Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson just can't say no. Um, but what I was going to say is that I, I recently rewatched all of Bates Motel and yes. Rihanna played Marion Crane in Oh yeah. in that show in the final that's, season. That's much later on though, wasn't it? Or not? Yeah. It was in the in season five. Uh, I thought she did a decent job there. Um, she was supposed to have some acting classes since then, since Battleship. Yeah, like she watched Battleship. It was like, what am I doing with my life? And then she decided to like do better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it that much long after? Uh, well, Battleship came out like 2015 or something. Oh wait, 2012. Wow, much longer time ago than I thought. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's uh Yeah, so like five years before um that season of Bates Motel. Then you realize like twenty twelve came out in two thousand and nine. Yeah, Same that was year Avatar came out. Yeah, twenty twelve was a movie that was big when it came out because of people being afraid of a twenty twelve thing, but now it feels like it's largely forgotten. It was a decent movie, though, like, for visual effects. Like, to come up against Avatar, I think it did, like, pretty pretty well. I remember John Cusack was in it. Um, yes. He was, like, a divorcee or whatever, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I remember. And, like, there's, like, a, an earthquake or something and a helicopter, but that could be, like, any disaster movie. But speaking of people dying... Um, so Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld try to lie low. They go to this concert after, like, seeing a patient die from, like, pneumonia and getting more paranoid. Um, and, you know, people dying from wounds and whatnot. They decide to lie low and go to a concert. Um, but then they see, like, someone choking on a hot dog at the concession stand and now they're getting like more paranoid because like there's a band playing on stage and there's all this technical stuff going on um what'd you think of how this whole scene went down where you could kind of see like sparks coming out from like the speakers and like people jumping and there was definitely some mosh pits going on and like you were like, oh no, how are they going to die? <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> yeah, like there's someone who does a stage dive and uh, they accidentally like land headfirst onto the floor and crack their skull. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh track and seize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the band it just continues playing their music while... Um, like there's like a someone trying to rush onto the stage and the security guard is trying to stop them and climbs on all these things and then the security guard dies like crashing into the screen it feels like that part in a goofy movie but with like actual death it was real weird i have not seen the goofy movie oh you're missing out <laughs> i'm sure i have What'd you think of like all the other stuff that happens at this concert as a huge set piece toward the end? 
I'm surprised that so many people that aren't the main characters died, because usually it's just the main characters. Like if you remember in um, I can't remember which one, the one where they're in the cafe, and the car goes into the was it a car or a bus goes into the cafe, but somehow no one dies. So it's just like weird having so many people who aren't the main characters just die really weirdly. It's like, how many people are dodging death today? Death is just having such a fun day. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like when writing this, they wanted to up the ante in terms of the death count. As if they're like, yeah, this is what the fans want. They want to see more deaths. But like, it kind of flies in the face of the rules that we're so used to with these movies, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's supposed to be, like, even with the, I think it was the fifth one, like, where the the glass panel, it's like, yeah, one person got injured because they had the main character, one of the main characters. It's not like five or six other people were caught under it as well. It's like really, yeah, they're really trying to go for it. <laughs> Yeah, um, there, there's even a moment where, like, one of the, you know, on the stage, the musicians, like, one, one of the keyboardists, um, like, his keyboard goes haywire and just electrocutes him to death. Uh, this guitarist, like, tries smashing her guitar and then ends up, like, killing the bassist by accident. Like smashing them with a guitar. Well, no one really cares about the basses. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I need to introduce you to like really good basses. Because <laughs> there are like some really good ones. <laughs> Gotta slap that bass. Yeah. Um, but what do you think of the way that this movie dovetails into the fifth movie? It was a school trip onto the bus, and then they went into the bridge. No, Haley's Haley's the only one that survived. In that. Yeah, Haley and yeah, because it was Haley and Florence. But now, like, yeah, Florence died after the concert, it's like just one of them now. Yeah. So the way it um, links into the the fifth film was that. Haley Seinfeld's character thought that she she defeated or not defeated death because no they didn't know that death was a thing in this movie but she thought that oh it's been like months since all these deaths were happening that yeah. she thought oh, oh, oh it's done now yeah it's like 1999 now then she gets onto the gets on the bus and like oh my god here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, I mean because obviously the fifth film isn't that old so you, it was really weird how they added her into the movie because she wasn't in the scene right so yeah you can clearly tell that they like digitally put it in there yeah and it's like because like she's in her her character is like in her 20s or whatever but i guess like she gets on the 
wrong bus or something. And that's why she's like part of this thing that happens at the beginning of the fifth movie. And yeah, it's like they, they, they include archive footage from the fifth movie and digitally insert her as if she was always there. And it's like, wait, what? That's kind of jarring. <laughs> you can tell, clearly tell that she doesn't fit in with the rest of the scene. Yeah, like it totally looks like she's against a green screen. <laughs> like a hand is clipping through people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then there's like a montage of like all the deaths throughout the movies as the end credits roll. Yeah, uh, every single movie. Yeah. And what what's the song that plays during these credits? Uh, Stacy's mom. <laughs> yeah, it was such a weird song choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I enjoyed it. So I don't really care too much that that was the song they chose. Yeah, because um, I'm sure. When did that song come out? It's it was 2003 or something. Yeah, that was like a weird song choice. Like it wasn't even from 1998. So like, so you couldn't even use that as an excuse for using it. I think they just wanted to bring in the kids who've seen the rest of the movies. Oh, yeah, that whole generation. Yeah. Remember the early 2000s? Yeah, Stacy's mom. I guess we could go into final thoughts and score out of 10. So what are your final thoughts, score out of 10, and do you know of measurement for that score for Final Destination 1998? Yeah, my final thoughts on this final film of the Final Destination. <laughs> it was too over the top I think they were trying to do too many things at once having the responder side and the the premonition family side of the story it definitely should have stuck to one or the other like having just the responders side of the story no no one's premonitioning maybe like, yes, it's a Final Station movie, but it doesn't have to have a premonition, per se. Because it is the first one, technically, because it's set before the fifth film, so no one's really having premonitions yet. Maybe Death hasn't decided to give people premonitions. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there's so many like, huge actors in this movie that you wonder why they went with these actors in the first place. Like Even Jeff Goldblum, why would he be in this movie? Or Marlon Brando, why did you bring Marlon Brando back? He didn't need to be in this movie. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan <laughs> as well. It's like, how much did you have to spend on getting these huge actors in when you could have chosen nobodies? Four out of ten outrageous advertising placements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair I, I think i'm giving it a four out of ten as well like four out of ten sharks um <laughs> like i feel like this is the worst final destination film which is 
quite a feat when you remember that the fourth movie exists. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree that they should have focused on one or the other when it comes to the plot lines instead of trying to juggle both and show, like, too many different sides of the whole thing. Like, the first responders idea is such an interesting idea that I kind of wish that they had solely focused on that and also dialed it back on like how many people are dying because like if there are so many deaths it's like there's not as much reason to care basically so yeah I think 4 out of 10 is a good score for this one glad glad we agree (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I guess that'll do it thanks for being on this episode Greg and I'll go ahead and put the Sci-Fi and Horror Society Discord link in the show notes. And my letterbox, because why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Follow me for terrible reviews. <laughs> yeah. Man, sometimes some reviews on Letterboxd, like not not just for me, but from people in general are like head scratchers but others are like just so funny i know there are some that are just just absolutely hilarious you're like i wish i come up with that yeah (laughs) all right but yeah and i'll include um my other links um in post-production when i edit this and uh two weeks after this episode comes out will be the third anniversary episode of delayed replay and it'll also talk about the collected also known as the collect 3d because they put a three instead of the e before the d at the end and it's 3d so our universe uh we got a third movie in that series where it's like the collector the collection and the collected Right, so uh, people can send in their comments and messages if they want to, like, do any third anniversary wishes or whatever. Tell uh, us how bad this episode was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll, that'll come out on May 13th. And without further delay, have a good day. All right, so here's a half-assed reminder to check out all the plugs for my stuff in the show notes of this episode. But to make up for that, here is a, I guess you could say, post credit scene of me and Greg just goofing off and pretending and whatnot. Okay, now it is recording. Do you hear, like, the garbage truck in the background or nah? No. Okay. I guess we should be fine. Yeah, I can't hear anything. Imagine if we, like, made stuff up for the podcast instead of actually recapping it. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> like, we'd come up... Like, <laughs> well, it would be like if we were trying to think of stuff to, like, make up the movie. Should we call this Final Destination 6, or should we... Give it, like, some other silly title. 4.5. Because <laughs> that's how people that it is. <laughs> because 5 it comes before 1. 
<laughs> okay. Like so, like, when would we want to set this? <laughs> yeah, it has to be after four, doesn't it? Yeah, we or could. Would it be before five? And call it six, but say assess for four one. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but we should decide when we want to set this and what to call it. We'll do it when Marlon Brando's alive. So it's like him as an actor. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess we could set it before five, even. <laughs> yeah. All right, so do we still call it Final Destination 6 or something else? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, 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 call it wherever the year it's in. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so like those Fear Street movies. So then... When did five? Because I know one came out two thousand, but does five also take place in two thousand? It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, they both take place in nineteen ninety nine. Okay, yeah, I just googled it. Okay. Yeah, we both did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Final Destination nineteen ninety eight. Should we do that? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can do that. Okay. All right. What's so, Marlon Brando doing in 1998? Yeah, I'm looking up his filmography. <laughs> um, he's doing. God, this Wikipedia article is long. I should have to the score. Yeah, I should have just done Control F. Um, free money. Yeah, free money came out '98. Never heard of this. Yeah, me neither. The Brave. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, that one either. Oh, I've seen The Island of Doctor Moreau. I that haven't. One, that one was, <laughs> yeah, that one was weird. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think I'm ready now. So what what are we calling it? <laughs> Final Destination 1998. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Are oh, you so... recording the whole time? Wait, what? You've been recording the whole time. Uh, just the last three minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was to say this all the mini episode. <laughs> the behind the scenes at the end is a post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> 